It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Game four. Next Sunday. Same time, same place. DJ Vasilovic with a three. Time out, Motimao on the breaker. That'll do us. Spark Arena game two. They came to see the breakers win. Instead, they got a masterclass and grit and determination from the Sydney Kings. Oh, yes, it's 1-1 in the NBL playoff series. And Breakers fans would have thought going to Sydney, picking up the win, we'd come home, we'd go 2-0 up. But Sydney found their fighting qualities and they've tied up the series 1-1. Joining us now, SEN commentator on the NBL, Dave Flash. Let's go. David, welcome in. Good morning, guys. How are you going? We are fantastic. Gosh, it's nicely poised, but for me, it's taken away all this home court advantage hoodoo. It's uh, it's just game on again. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, you, you can't help but feel that, that the breakers just missed an opportunity, didn't they? Because if you went into that game and said, golly, um, there's going to be no Walton, the MVP, David Cooks, who we've all just saw this morning, by the way, getting that two-year deal with the Washington Wizards, which is just sensational for him. His impact, of course, in the New Zealand NBL and the off-season here in Australia. And Anyway, that aside, he wasn't even playing. He played nine minutes. <laughs> and you couldn't get... And, and the point guard wasn't there. And yet they found a way again. Noy was tremendous off the bench, wasn't he? And they've got that tall timber. And that's been the difference all year with them again. When you watch them all live, it's, the length they bring off the pine is quite amazing. And they do, they're a mighty club. I, you know, if, you, if the breakers went up 2-0 yesterday, golly, that would have made things really, really difficult for Sydney. But they didn't. Now we're at least going to go to a game four. So the beauty of it is they would have to close it out now in New Zealand from a King's perspective, won't they? So that's something. Um, at least if you'd said if you could take one all after two games... 
the Breakers fans would probably have taken it. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just on, on Xavier Cook, so I think it's a it's a mark of a of a squad's resilience and depth if your star player can sit down and only play nine minutes for you to rally Amazing. and get an away win. But Xavier Cooks um, out due to injury. Uh, what's the yes. what's the reports on where he's at to take part on Friday? Well, I, look, I haven't. The only Xavier Cook stuff we've been reading is the fact he's gone to the Washington yeah. this morning, is it? Which, which is, as mentioned, an amazing thing. But no updates. But I would be gravely concerned about both of them. What what impact can they have the on game three? I mean, we're not, what are we now? We're not. How many more nights have we got until we're ready? Three, four nights. So Friday nights. So there's a bit of time, but jeepers, they uh, there's there's an opportunity here for the breakers still, no doubt about that. And and I, I think they're get, they're, they're going to get a better performance from a couple of key players yesterday that I just felt really didn't compete like they do. Um, McDowell White started brilliantly, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Looked in in great form, but you just had too many guys that just didn't have an impact. Um, Brantley and Brown Jr. did what they do, but Pardon just six points. Um, the young star Rupert didn't score. He scored one point, I think, late. Abercrombie couldn't get any score in production at all out of him. And McDowell White, as good as he started, he actually only finished with seven points, didn't he? So, jeepers, uh, yeah, there's an opportunity still. I mean, the glass is. I'm, I'm trying to go glass half full for you guys at the moment, and <laughs> and there is reasons that you can go into that. And I think with Walton Jr. and Cooks's queries, that that that's still not. It it keeps it keeps a, a real opportunity for the breakers. I mean, they've had an amazing season. They were clearly the second best team in the comp. Clearly the second best team in the competition, and um, you need to win two more times. The, the amazing thing to me was the breakers scored. I think nine points in the first quarter and didn't score for another three or four minutes in the second quarter. So they'd been going about 15 minutes and had nine points. Very unbreakers like. Yes, Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And and I've saved that for the the finals. Um, Did you put that down to – it looked like a a bit of a – I don't know if it's stage fright or what it was they just had. Cold shots or was that because of the defence that was put onto them by the Kings? Well, let's go through it. So Abercrombie was one from six. McDowell White was two from eight. Um, Layafa was excellent. You know, he's got a 50% from the floor. And Parton just didn't get his shots shots up yesterday. He had five shots for the game. Um, You know, Brantley and Brown Jr. were just both with 20, but they were slightly inefficient. I mean, it wasn't a confidence thing. Certainly, confidence-wise, the way uh, the, the team's been led this year and you know, I love watching Brown Jr. He just loves giving it to away crowds like not many sports that we've seen. And he's always full of joy and bouncing out, ready to go. And he was the most likely again yesterday, wasn't he? He looked the one that was going to at least keep them in it. But oh, they're, they're just so professional, Sydney. Um, you know, Bruce, for example, only gave them five points yesterday. But he gave him six rebounds, five assists. He did a little bit. He got his hand in for a steal or two. Simon was tremendous. Twelve points, eight, nine rebounds, and six steals. I mean, he defensively—they're long, they're really hard to get around, and they have a terrific system under an incredible coach. I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea, especially here in Tasmania. The Kings are—I think they're 
you know, they're probably the most hated team here by a long, long way, to be quite frank with you. But they have a, they have a system that is really, it was almost like Cooks went out yesterday. Well, guess what? I'm going to bring Noy in and I'm going to give you 20 and I'm just going to substitute what he does. Now, you're not going to get that in multiple games, but they did it yesterday, didn't they? The veteran Bruce and Noy in particular, taking the reins of the key, the key players that were out, both of them all-star five players, and it was almost like they didn't miss a beat. I find that quite incredible. I do too. Um, I'm just wondering about, <clears throat> like, basketball's a great, bounce back sport like if you have a disappointing if you have a disappointing game and I'm talking about the big names from the breakers were apart from Brown I think they were disappointing they're not going to have two poor games in a row no they're not no they're not I think that's absolutely uh, the the fact and Pardon's going to be angry as more angry than he normally gets of course which is super angry we love don't we love the big man's aggression but yeah they've got Basketball is like that, and you see it as an NBA fanatics like myself being one of them. That twenty-eight point blowouts, and two nights later they play away or back home in Dallas, wherever the contest is, and the tables are turned. It really is a momentum game. But what we do know is we know Sydney going to continue that momentum. They're going to be awfully hard to beat. You'd be sitting back in home today and thinking far out the breakers. They missed an opportunity yesterday. Mm. Are the Kings in the Australian basketball league? Are they like manly in the NRL? You said everyone hates the Kings, like they're the team everyone loves to hate. Is that an equivalent? Yeah. Oh, I think so, and I think um, they've also been super successful the last few years. Um, they obviously missed that one chip in COVID, didn't they, in Bogut's year when the the game got cancelled. And so they, they would think that they've probably been the best team for four or five years now, wouldn't they? Um, their coach is incredibly outspoken. Mm. Not that he's out anymore, smoking, spoken to the breakers coach, of course, who's one of the most animated individuals <laughs> I've ever seen in any sport. But that's a different conversation. We won't get to that. But... Um, yeah, they're good, they're chippy, but, you know, I think they play it the right way. I, I, I've never seen Xavier Cook's mouth off to anyone. I don't see Vasilovic carrying on. Um, I, I like what they've got, and it, it's been an amazing year of NBL. I mean, the depth is incredible. What the Breakers and Cairns have done this year has been a real joy um, to see how they've been able to flick the switch. But, like, you look at that, and I'm digressing here, but Illawarra finished with three wins yet. You know, ten, their last 10 or 12 games, they probably could have won six or seven of them. Mm. Such a brilliant competition. Um, and Sydney continuing to stay at the top of that tree. And it's a real, it's a real little mini sustained success. Now, they're going to lose Cooks. So, jeepers. I mean, that, that, now I'm talking about in the future, of course. You know, and there were two years with, in the NBA, which is richly deserved. But um, they've got an amazing system. I mean, everyone says how they fit them into the salary cap. Um, the papers are there, though, for everybody to see. And, yeah, that, they're, they're hard to love. Um, <laughs> maybe it's the Manly Seagulls as well, or in AFL terms back here in the, Australia, um, it's Collingwood or Carlton, that they're generally, in, ter- in time, they've been the successful ones. Manly, there's quite a wealthy notoriety, I guess, the rich toffee sort of dislike, I'd say, would rub it into rugby league. I mean, Carlton and Collingwood weren't that back in the day. Collingwood 
very much a working class suburb, of course, but Sydney, Sydney, it's a different place, isn't it? It's a very much a different place to everywhere else in the country and um, it seems almost foreign at times. It's a bit weird. It's different to Melbourne and Adelaide and Perth and, yeah, different, different. you know, it's an AFL, it's an NRL town against an AFL town, as good as the Swans have been the last, you know, 20 years have been incredible. But if the Swans started losing, no one would barrack for them. Like, they're, they're so fickle. They're so fickle over in the city. So... Anyway, interesting discussion, isn't it? Xavier Cooks, um, an Aussie being plucked into the NBA from the Australian League. That, that's a big tick for the league, isn't it, that he's been developed here and he's uh, been seen. He's obviously, well, NBA scouts are obviously looking at the Australasian competition. It's a big tick for our comp. Of course they are. Yeah, very much so. It's an amazing tick for our comp. And we just got to go back the last couple of years. We had Lamelo Ball, Rookie of the Year. And then we had Josh Giddy, rookie of the year. Now, anyone who's been watching Josh Giddy of recent times closely would know that, by golly, there's something special there. And we know Lamelo Ball, who's injured again now out for the rest of the season, is he's got all worldly talent. And and now what the the, the young French kids through the breaker system mm-hmm. um, we saw with Dang last year, who is a project player, but he's six foot eleven and can shoot the lights out. And he's played his trade in the G League for most of the year, but He's highly regarded. Okay, so you're going to be a juggernaut. Um, it's a wonderful competition. I mean, I still watch a lot of EuroLeague, uh, which is the pinnacle outside of the M- NBA. But, you know, that's the best two teams or best one or two teams from the, the, the best European countries. But, yeah, it's a tremendous league. Oh, I think it's the most even and sort of strong league in all sporting um national sporting codes in the country. Um, it, it's it's super strong. Uh, it gets better all the time. And look, I think the jack jumpers have been a nice addition. I think you guys would agree with that. But mm-hmm. it's it's on the back of some tremendous juniors. I watched Duke versus North Carolina yesterday. And the starting point guard is a young Australian. Um, it, it's some Marys in the competition. of, And they've had some New Zealanders too. And they're in the top 15 ranked colleges in uh, in the country, and they'll have a cup. They'll have two Aussie starters in that team. Um, it, it, it's a culture that is a bit like when I was a small kid in the nineties. Was huge. Now it's sort of done its full circle. The TV rights uh, this year, next year, for the NBA are going to uh, starting to get a bit serious, and all the kids are playing. The under seventeen, under eighteen, under twenty um, groups are super strong. It's su- it's really exciting, um, and I know. And, and look, you guys can talk about that in more lengths. And, you know, you, you, there's not a lot of Stephen Adams is going around, of course, but it, it, it is a developing game in New Zealand as well. Hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a different fight down here. That you, you're fighting with the AFL and cricket for airtime and kids to play it, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, I'd love to hear what's your comment on that about the kids around. I mean, are they, is there more playing hoops, do you think, than ever? I mean, you, your, the, your program over there has been outstanding for 15 years. But is it even, do you see now more now that it's the kids are not just picking up the, the, the league and union balls as much and it's, it's becoming a serious sort of threat? Is that, would that be 
Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, I, I'm still think it's the highest petition participation sport by school kids in New Zealand. And I know I was talking to someone from North Harbour, which is where the Breakers are based, North Harbour Basketball, and they said there's just not enough courts to play the school competitions. They were having to start some school teams with start times of nine o'clock at night in the middle of the week, which is just getting too late when they've got school the next day. But just to facilitate, there's just not the court space for the amount of kids that want to play. So it's in a very, very, um, very healthy growth phase because there's truckloads of 12 and 13 year olds wanting to play the great game. And a lot of it is parent led as well with all of the concussion around rugby and rugby league as well. So they're being not forced, but perhaps guided slash persuaded to maybe have basketball as a crack. And you're right, you mentioned Stephen Adams. He's a shining light and something you can aspire to, to say you can make it from New Zealand. Oh, and, you, and absolutely you can. But I think I think that parents' conversation absolutely um, comes into it. It's the same with AFL. Um, it's a brutal game. Uh, you, kids are getting knocked out quite regularly. And I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a parent these days as well, and I've got a three-year-old boy, and he's gonna he's gonna start to, you know, he's pretty robust. He wants to he wants to bash and crash like the rest of them. But then we we we, we want to have kids give their own opportunities, and they will do what they want. But when you have, when when parents are in a, a sort of situation where they can dictate it a little bit, and that's not what we ever want to do with our kids, but. There's good reason why mums don't want kids to get knocked out playing Aussie rules, or the, and the same thing playing the union, and the same thing playing the league, smashing into, you know, these great games that we love so much to play and as a spectacle, but they can be pretty brutal, mm. you know, and, and basketball, um, and I guess soccer, which is sort of feels like it's a little bit stagnated over here somewhat, although it's still a highly, you know played game participation wise um, it's an interesting discussion and basketball they, they've done it well um, they've it's very exciting courts is a problem no doubt same here in Tasmania there's there's just not enough courts you know and they're screaming out for funding etc but yeah look we're gonna we're, we're, it's it's fascinating and, and great to, to see how it all transpires and particularly great to see what happens Friday night with the breakers I, they travel well and we know, you know, we know that this year each side played each other. No, no, no one won at home. So it's amazing, it isn't it? Continue to form for the whole season, which is which is quite remarkable in itself. Do the finals go four or five games? Five. I just think, I just think somewhere, I think somewhere New Zealand will pinch one um, because they're too desperate. They're too, you know, they're they're well led. Um, but I just don't know. Game five in Sydney, I, I still I still think they're going to be awfully hard to beat the Kings. I'd, I'd love I'd love to be wrong. I'm not like the others. I don't have I, I love good basketball, so I absolutely love watching Sydney play. But yeah, it's just that little back of your throat taste this morning again. You feel like is that the opportunity we missed yesterday? That's yeah. the concern. Yeah, Dave Lithgow, thank you so much for jumping on and having a chat with us today. Anytime, mate. Terrific. Looking forward to the rest of the finals. Have a great day. Fantastic. Good on you. Take care. Thank you, mate. Cheers, bud. Uh, David Flash Lithgow, NBL commentator. Let's hope he can call the breakers to a Game 5 clincher. I do feel like the Kings will win the next one, and then the breakers have to win the home one, so they will, 
and then it goes to Sydney for the fifth. That's the perfect scenario, I think. Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll take a break. We'll come back.